Welcome to Many Windows, Conversations on Ministry. I'm your podcast host, Jules Taylor, coming to you from Meadville Lombard Theological School in Chicago. The call to community ministry and chaplaincy is growing. Vocational discernment should always include gathering information. To that end, I've recorded a series on military chaplaincy. Earlier this year, I interviewed Unitarian Universalist ministers who serve as chaplains in each of the military branches and their components. Now, military chaplaincy is not a monolith. Each branch has its own rhythm and personality. In addition, there are different ways to serve, active duty, reserve, National Guard components, and even as a volunteer. This series is a 101 beginner's guide to military chaplaincy from folks who work and live this call to serve those who serve in uniform. As an Air Force chaplain myself serving in the Air National Guard, these are conversations I've been looking forward to. I've got three guests this episode, Chaplains Lynn Berez, Madeline Campbell, and Katie Romano-Griffin, all are chaplains with the Civil Air Patrol. If you're not familiar with the Civil Air Patrol, it is the volunteer component of the Air Force, and it's been around since World War II. They cover the areas of aerospace education, emergency services, and youth cadet programs. It's pretty cool stuff. Well, this is an exciting, uh, exciting conversation. We've been in the works to be able to talk today with some Civil Air Patrol chaplains. So I'm going to let you all introduce yourselves uh, a little bit. How about uh, Katie? Can we start with you? Sure. Thanks so much for the invite, Jules. It's good to be together with you and to be together with everyone. I serve as the senior minister at All Souls Indianapolis in the Indianapolis, Indiana area. And I am currently serving the Castler Squadron in Greenwood, Indiana. It's part of the Indiana wing of the Civil Air Patrol. I am their chaplain and my rank is captain. I'm Madeline Campbell. I uh, currently serve in my day job as the interim minister of the um, Interior Universalist Fellowship at Stony Brook on Long Island in New York. But my job changes, my day job changes about every couple of years because I'm mm-hmm. an accredited interim minister. But um, I'm also a Civil Air Patrol chaplain and I'm currently serving on a, a squadron on, in, in a squadron on Long Island with um, it's it's Long Island Cadet Squadron 10. It has a longer number in the region, but <laughs> Long Island Squadron 10. And um, I'm a mission chaplain in Civil Air Patrol. True. I think Katie is too. And uh, good. I can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been in civil air patrol since uh, 2015 and got finally endorsed as a chaplain. And that all went through in 2016. Um, My grade in civil air patrol is also captain, although my paperwork's been in for major for a while. (laughs) Totally increased my pay. Yeah. (laughs) You you know, it's a volunteer. Yeah. We're going to talk about that too. All right. And how long have you been in, Katie? Since about 2018, I started the process. And maybe 2019, I was originally serving in Maryland with a cadet squadron, which is um, primarily youth and a couple of adults versus senior squadron that I serve now, which is all adults. My name is uh, 
Linda Berez or Lynn Berez. I am a chaplain with uh, Milwaukee Composite Squadron 5 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We, uh, we, we work out of the Oak Creek Armory. Uh, so we work side by side with the Army uh, in their facility. Uh, I also am the Wisconsin Wing Chaplain. So I have the responsibility at the wing level to um, help to uh, recruit character development instructors, uh, go to wing meetings, go to commander's calls and things like that. Uh, I've done seven years as the uh, Wisconsin wing encampment uh, chaplain. So uh, a week long event every June. Uh, I also serve at the national level. I am the chaplain, uh, the deputy uh uh, commander uh, of chaplains for IT. So I do all of the information technology for the website. I do a lot of the help for all the chaplains who have IT problems with permissions and getting mm -hmm. all of those things kind of figured out. I also wow. serve the Civil Air Patrol on their marketing and communications team at the national level. Civil Air Patrol is really important to me. And as I said, I also work part-time for Apple. I, I don't do any other chaplaincy or any other ministry aside from that, but I consider Apple my ministry. So, Boy, when, when, when folks are in tech distress, you need somebody that can be uh, have a pastoral presence with tech distress. So, wow, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about all these pieces. So the first thing I want to kind of open up with, a lot of people may have heard Civil Air Patrol, but probably don't really know what that is other than, yeah, I've heard of that before. Can you all give us, uh, give me a little bit of an, a better understanding of what Civil Air Patrol is? Because it is sure. different, although although it is, I know yeah. it's the it's the kind of the volunteer component of the Total Force Air Force. Exactly right. We are part of the Total Force of the Air Force, and our full name is Civil Air Patrol, U.S. Air Force Auxiliary. It began in 1941. The cadets know this much better because they have to know it for their tests. Um, <laughs> as uh, people with private planes who were uh, looking for submarines off the coasts of, of, of the United States. Wow. And so it was actually, uh, people often think of it as, as something like just for cadets, but it started with only adults looking for, for submarines. Wow. Um, we don't do any submarine hunting anymore, but we do something like 80 to 90% of the aerial search and rescue in the United States. Wow. Because, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, right. Because the, the air force isn't going to scramble a big jet. We can fly lower and slower and more cheaply, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. less expensively. Let's say that. <laughs> um to look for to look for things on uh, people and planes and such on the ground uh, also most of the photographs that you see from um like after hurricanes or during hurricanes or natural disasters mm. from the air the, yeah. those are air patrol photographs oh wow interesting okay so you've got there's a couple of components really to the mission to the primary mission then of civil air patrol katie can you Give me, give me some information about that. Primarily emergency services, cadet programs, and aerospace education. Um, we have drone operators. We have, actually, I worked with a 16-year-old from my cadet squadron when I was serving in Maryland who became a pilot 
through the Civil Air Patrol. So, and went on to then join um, the Air Force, which was really incredible. And um, mm -hmm. we've had a few students go forward on that track, some who are studying to work for NASA and they were wow. getting cutting edge education that is funded by the Air, Air Force through Civil Air Patrol. I mean, like free materials are given to youth. It's just incredible. We have flight simulators. Um, all kinds of great, we have great toys and great <laughs> technology that is, that is available. And, you know, um, both Madeline and I are mission chaplains. What that means is if, let's say the National Guard needs support in an emergency situation, the mm -hmm. Civil Air Patrol gets activated and we are uh -huh. invited to serve on missions. So urban search and rescue, if there's a hurricane wow. or natural disaster, yeah. when there's an overflow of things like religious waivers that need to be right. completed, that's something that they might call on us to, to help out with. And a unique thing about being a civil air patrol mission chaplain is that we're not restricted to whom we can support. So we can mm. support air force personnel, army personnel, civilians, Navy, et cetera. Ah. So we're, not, we're, we're unrestricted in that way. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. And it, it really is a force, you know, civil air patrol is a force multiplier in that way. Uh, and um, it's great that chaplains are a part of that. How do you become, like, what are the requirements then to become a chaplain with the Civil Air Patrol? Well, um, you, you have to have been in Civil Air Patrol for six months as a senior okay, member. Okay, so you join it, you join it before, just as a, as a volunteer, as a regular member. As a regular senior member. So you can't okay. have, you can't be, a, a have your endorsement complete, but, but you can start the process right away if you're a chaplain. And the requirements are... Um, I think the same as for any other force, except for the physical component and the age component. I'm happy to pick this up. Civil Air Patrol is more, um, there's more latitude in terms of body inclusivity. There okay. aren't height, weight requirements per se. There aren't lifting requirements per se. We don't have a physical exam. However, comma, if you are, you have to be within Air Force guidelines mm -hmm. in order to wear certain uniforms, but we have a variety of uniforms and you can serve on a mission um, without being Air Force fit. Um, gotcha. And that's important because we have a, a lot of folks who serve in Civil Air Patrol who are a variety of ages, mm -hmm. a variety of health statuses. A lot of our chaplains are retired, um, and, um, just have a variety of, of health statuses and abilities. So we make a way for everyone to serve that is mm -hmm. ability inclusive. And for me, I was looking when I was in seminary, I knew I wanted to serve in some type of military chaplaincy, but my age was a thing and I didn't have previous military service. So the chances of getting a waiver were really slim yeah. and, um, you know, we knew it would be kind of a long process. And then I started my ministry and felt so overwhelmed. I was sipping from the fire hose in ministry and couldn't figure out how, if I finally got through, I would be able to do um, reserves and serve in the role that I was in. And um, it was recommended actually by the UUA to look into Civil Air Patrol and found that 
here was this amazing way that I could serve. I could nurture my passion for emergency services. I didn't have to fulfill particular fitness or height weight requirements. Um, and there was some, some flexibility with my service that worked with my current role. So it seemed like a really good fit for me. And I, I don't know about your story, Madeline. It, it did. And I will say though, the, the other requirements are um, circling back to Jules, to your, to your question, we still have to have a master of divinity or equivalent degree. Uh, you have to be ordained by a body that endorses chaplains, mm-hmm. right? So uh, you have to have the endorsement. Um, and then there are requirements for being in civil air patrol. Uh, you have to either be a citizen or um, have a green card, be able to w- be able to work here. Okay. Right? Um, you have to get fingerprinted. You have to have a background check. You're going to be working with cadets as a chaplain, unless you're in mm. a, a senior squadron and you're still probably going to come across cadets. So you have to have a background check and take a cadet protection class. Cadet okay. PPT, cadet protection policy training, I think is what that stands for. Oh, that makes sense. You were going to you were going to jump in with something else there, Katie. Yes, I was going to add that on the Civil Air Patrol side, we have to complete level one of our training. And okay. there's multiple levels of training tracks that yep. we go through in the Civil Air Patrol. Um, some of it includes basic leadership, military customs. Um, Madeline, of course, mentioned our cadet safety protection um, program that we take. So there's a variety of quite honestly, really amazing trainings. And then those of us who are mission chaplains, we're on an emergency services track. And we also receive exceptional training on being responding in emergency situations. Sure. Wow, there's so much, such a variety of, of of ways to engage. Then this is fascinating. I also so I want to hear a little bit too about the uh, the cadet piece, uh, the, the those programs and engaging. I know Lynn, you had mentioned the encampments, and I know I've heard from I think over the years. I mean, I've known all three of you for many many years, and I've I've heard all of you talk about that. Let's hear a little bit about this uh, the cadet and youth engagement because I think a lot of people would not even might know about some of the search and rescue piece, but might not know at all about the kind of this youth, uh, the youth connection. And anybody can jump in with this. My, my, one of my favorite things about working with the cadets and especially getting to know all the cadets from around the wing and, and doing the encampments is that you, you really get to meet some amazing teenagers and, you know, to put those two words together, sometimes people don't think about putting amazing and teenagers together, mm-hmm. but especially watching them. And I had the opportunity this past year to watch a cadet who started out in what we call our basic uh, program. Um, and it's basically, it's like going to basic at uh, Lackland Air Force Base, but it's a tiny, tiny piece of it. And mm-hmm. it's about really getting to work as a team and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I watched this kid who went from seven years ago being a basic, being, you know, I always, I always joke because I'm five foot three and they always start out shorter than me and they always end up way taller than me. Mm -hmm. And he went from that to being what we call a spots cadet. 
and being our cadet commander uh, for basic school. And he was, he was kind of like a a shy little kid who, who, who had a lot of, you know, just wanted to be part of it. And, and then watched him go through each, every, each and every program go through being part of the staff and going Mm -hmm. through all of that to coming in and leading a basic program. So well organized, understanding things that we as ministers and and chaplains learn when we go through school about systems and how systems work and how all the cadets can work together if they work together and they don't get into their little silos and Mm -hmm. understanding that concept at the age of 20. And, and so he went from, and, and, and working with him and, as, as chaplains, one of the things we try to do is we try to make sure that we have religious services available for all of our cadets. And he and his brother are Catholic, and they would come to me and they would say, we want to go to Catholic Mass. We want to be able to go to Catholic Mass. And, and they would remind me every year, are you going to have Catholic Mass? And, you know, really, it was really important to them that they go to Catholic Mass and they they would then they started picking up the the slack on making sure the Catholic cadets all got signed in, all went and all came back and all yeah. of these different things. And they were just great guys. And, and the one, one cadet, uh, the spots is the highest you can get as a cadet. Wow. You are a cadet colonel and it is a real, it is a really difficult thing. We don't have very many of those cadets that, that wow. get to that level. So what is the age range of the cadets to give us an idea of, of, of the, the, who we're talking about here when we're talking the cadet piece in general? They can start as early as 12 um, and they can stand until their 21st birthday if they started before the age of 18. Okay. Okay. Madeline, you were going to jump in with something too. Oh, I was just going to say that um, spots cadets are numbered because they're that few. Spots wow. Spots cadet number eight, who was the first woman, the first girl woman to be a spots cadet. I, I don't know how old she was when she got it. She's a Unitarian Universalist. Really? I met her, yeah, I met her at General Assembly in um I I think in Kansas City. So hmm. what year was that? 2018, maybe? Pre pre-pandemic, I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that that, that um, amalgam of all years pre-pandemic. Yeah, I have a picture of the two of us. Um, I'm in my uniform it, because because sometimes because we're required by our endorser to go to some things in uniform, right? Yeah. At, at General Assembly. And I'm really proud of that picture with her. That's pretty neat. So this and, youth and, piece and is the, key. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The word spots is S-P-A-A-T-Z for your listeners and it's general spots mm. is who it's named after and he was a ah. world war ii general gotcha thank you for that oh good we'll get maybe maybe i'll get a link around that and put that in the show notes as well so i want to hear about too so you, you all everybody has some kind of civilian 
uh, piece that you do, right? This is not a full-time gig. Kind of what does the, what's the, what's the typical rhythm? I know there's, you know, when you're talking about retirees and sometimes folks may not have, you all have active uh, civilian uh, engagements and jobs. So everybody may not have the same rhythm as, as what you're talking about, but a typical rhythm for someone that's going to be a civil air patrol chaplain, what would that kind of, how would that, how would that work? Of the two squadrons that I've served, our schedules are very different. It oh, interesting. was okay. weekly for a couple of hours when I was with the cadet, cadet squadron mm -hmm. and the squadron I serve now meets monthly for a couple of hours on a Friday night. And then we do emergency services training on the Saturday following for a couple of hours. So anyone who's working um, to level up on a skill or if we need to do plane maintenance, um, do some drilling, like practicing of skills, we do that on the, on the Saturday, but it's a different it's a different sort of level of engagement. And then we occasionally have, we we lead airport tours where our, our asset, our plane is stored at an airport. And as part of our agreement with the airport, we sometimes do tours. We do civil air patrol open houses there with several thousand people. It's super fun, um, but very different lift wise and commitment wise, as opposed to when I was serving a cadet squadron and offering character development and, and coming to their weekly meetings. So, um, Katie mentioned character development. I think most of our squadrons are probably composite squadrons. Um, I'm serving a cadet squadron now. Well, that has hold on. What does that mean? A composite squadron? What does that mean? Composite squadron has seniors and cadets. Cadet gotcha. squadron have to have some senior members because you can't sure. have a bunch of 12 to 18 year olds just like getting together on their own. Right. With That's just high school. Right. This is that. <laughs> One of the things that the chaplain corps is 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 responsible for is what's called character development mm -hmm. and the chaplain corps can consists of chaplains and character development instructors okay. um and so once a month this is there are weekly meetings for for cadet and composite squadrons and you're going to get okay. out of it what you put into it right so um, the more you go, the more now those of us with day jobs, like I can't make every meeting. I, I have a, a standing um, conflict one once a month, for example. But but I try I try to make sure I'm there on, on character development nights because I don't have a character development instructor in my squadron. So I'm responsible for teaching it myself. Character development. Um, the lessons were developed in conjunction with the Air Force Academies, and they touch on things like resilience. Patience was the last lesson, lesson. Um, integrity, and we tie them all into the Civil Air Patrol core values. Uh, there are four core values, uh, integrity, respect, volunteer service, and excellence in all we do. So the, the lessons are tied in, and they're, and they're meant to help cadets live out the core values, certainly, but in a lot of ways, cope with being teenagers. Mm -hmm. They're, they're actually, they're, I, they're pretty good. I, I like them. That sounds amazing. That sounds great. And that, so, so sometimes it depends. It sounds like uh, what's available or what a place, uh, a squadron or a, a group that you choose to, or have the, have the access to, to be able to join may have different rhythms depending also depending on what your role is are some are some and I think if I if I remember from talking to you all for years 
there's a wing for every, every state has a wing. Is that how it works? So the wing is state. And I'm going to guess probably Puerto Rico and some other places also have, have wings as well. Yeah. So there's a Puerto that, Rico ring and a national capital ring. Wing. And a national capital. Okay. So there's, there's wings. That's the bigger kind of superstructure per, uh, uh, state by it goes by state and then there are addition there are probably smaller groupings for most states maybe not everyone i'm imagining some of the smaller states might keep it a little different so each so so the smallest is going to be your squadron and okay. your squadron as we said composite or cadet squadrons have cadets and maybe a few seniors or a lot of seniors then you have the squadrons that are senior squadrons where they're mostly all pilots and they fly and they maintain the planes. Um, then you'll have uh, a gr then it, within that you'll have um, like a region of of squadrons. So like in the mm -hmm. southeast region, we have a small a small region. Um, and then you'll have so then you'll have your um, your 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 group commanders um, for that region area of that area. <clears throat> and then and then you'll have your whole wing. And then within each wing is a part of uh, I shouldn't have used the word region before. Then you have the region. And gotcha. so like Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan. So like Katie and I would be part of the same region. We have a region mm. commander. And then within each of the regions, then the, then you have the national. And, gotcha. our, and our national commander oversees all of the regions. <clears throat> so it, so it breaks down into these smaller, smaller, smaller till you get to the smallest, which is a squadron. So like when and I say I'm part of national, I'm overseeing, you know, all these things. But I also can be a squadron and I'm just a squadron chaplain. So I can sure. do big and small. Mm -hmm. Just a squadron chaplain. And each of these ideally would have a chaplain. I, I We do not have enough chaplains for every squadron to have a squadron chaplain, which is why when there are groups the the group chaplain has a lot when i was when i was serving as a group chaplain um i had a lot more work going around sure. to squads that didn't have chaplains right and then there's a wing chaplain and a region chaplain and a national chaplain commander yeah. and, and lynn of course is on that staff so this is perfect perfect segue into i have i have like two more questions here before uh before we wrap up number one is then if someone wanted to get involved, what would be the process? How would they, how would they get involved if they were thinking, you know, I, I didn't quite make that cutoff in terms of when my birthday was to be able to serve. So how would I, how would I get involved? Do I start at national? If there's on all these States, what do I do? Go to capchaplain.com. It's super simple. It tells you everything the person needs to know Beautiful. how to sign up. Uh, one of our great chaplains, Charlie Satcast, does a great video about what it means to be a cap chaplain on that page. And uh, check it out. You guys have other things. Obviously, it's word of mouth. But Katie, I'm mm -hmm. sure you you've helped probably people get to understand what this process is. I often will direct them to one of you, <laughs> including Jules, <laughs> and to talk to Sarah Lammert, who is currently our endorser at the UUA. Um, since Sarah's involved in the process as well and our fantastic website. Thank you, Lynn. Yeah, so definitely a, a, to find out what the process for the Civil Air Patrol side, that website, thank you for that, is a piece. Also remembering 
once you see what the requirements are, you're going to need to talk to whatever faith tradition, if you're UU, you know, you're going to the UUA, who you're the, the endorser is, because that's going to be a key component you're going to have. We heard earlier, you're going to have to, depending on how long it ago it was, you went to seminary, dig out some of those transcripts, get some, get some of those pieces ready to bring in. Excellent. Uh, and it sounds like from, from hearing from a few of you too, uh, well, I know Madeline, you said you have to start out as a member uh, for at least six months while you put in and, and do other paperwork. But also it sounded like it could take maybe a year before all the paperwork is done. So don't lose, don't lose hope and momentum uh, there. Stick with it. Uh, if, if there is a need for chaplains and what an amazing, what an amazing uh, service. One of the things that I want to point out that I heard from all of you that this is really, really wonderful is the you're working with your own community. Right, you're serving your own community. If there's a search and rescue, you're going to be doing that. For this is something that's going on in your community, working with youth in your community, working with these pilots, whoever they're. This being a a, a volunteer uh, component, folks are going to be working close to home. So what a wonderful way to engage and and serve in a different way, serve the community where you are. Quite remarkable. Uh, which which brings me uh, to to my last question. Do you guys ever get to fly? So, um, my squadron my squadron meets at the group headquarters, which yeah. is at an airport, and we have a Redbird flight simulator. So I got to actually fly the simulator, which is super cool. That was <laughs> wow. so much fun. But like, I at as an encampment chaplain i got to the the kids get rides in helicopters the the cadet the kids the cadets like yeah. i got to go up in a chinook wow all right so how about much fun all right let's hear for the rest let's hear from, let's hear for the rest of you too you guys get to fly go ahead katie oh sure uh i have not yet but the i, I mean i serve all pilots basically yeah. and they're just waiting <laughs> They're just waiting. <laughs> I just finished my hangar training um, okay. not too long ago because the first squadron I served, we didn't have an asset. We didn't have a plane. I didn't need hangar training. Um, it wasn't as urgent and important. So I've I've got a couple of other trainings to do, but um, but yeah, I should be going up soon, but haven't been up yet. How about you, Lynn? The um so at an encampment, I got to go on a a, a pseudo search and rescue where they have a they have something and the pilot took me up and we did the whole crisscross thing and he let me fly a little bit, but the, but it's, but the thing is, is that you can cross train. So if you're not okay. a pilot, so, so one of our former CAP um, uh, chaplains was a pilot as well as a chaplain and he, okay. and he actually got to do that. But if you're not, if you're not a pilot, but you want to be in the plane, uh, you can be what's called an observer or you can be a scanner and you can go to train and you can do that. The only thing a chaplain can't do in civil air patrol is they can't command. So yeah. unless they're willing to take their, their insignia, their signia off yeah. of their chaplaincy and put it aside, they cannot command. But you can be a scanner. You can be a mission pilot. You can be an observer in the plane and go up on regular basis. And you can do that and you can have fun just like everybody else with that part of it. Wow. 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 Fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, I love this. Uh, any last, any last pieces here that we, that we've missed that we want to, uh, that we want to bring in, especially to potentially engage folks who maybe thought that they were, um, 
I don't know that they that this that this wasn't a possibility. What are the last pieces that we need to bring in here? So, I want to say that, um, particularly uh, for your Unitarian Universalist audience, but for everybody, if you're going to be having a day job in in like in parish ministry, mm-hmm. um, Civil Air Patrol chaplaincy has made me a much better minister. We think in Unitarian mm-hmm. Universalism that we serve a broad theological umbrella, and we we do. It's, you know, compared to like a Presbyterian, we, we do. No shade, no shade on Presbyterians, right? But, um, but like the, 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 the umbrella in, of, of theology and civil air patrol is massive. I'm serving yeah. folks who have absolutely no, no contact with, with any kind of organized religion. And then when they need pastoral care, I am their pastor. And all the way to folks who are the most ultra conservative that you could think, wait, 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 you're a, you're a minister, but you're a woman folks, right? So it's forced me to expand my vocabulary Mm -hmm. and my thinking and my way of ministering. And that makes me a better parish minister. So, you know, if you're thinking of doing it at all, do it. You know, the, the one thing for me, if I'm going to say is, is that it's a volunteer job. You have, you don't mm-hmm. get paid. You know, we always joke and say, well, I'm going to fire you and we're going to cut your paycheck down to zero. And it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> but um, what you get back is you have a cadet come up to you that you don't even remember from encampment. You're at an activity. You're the best chaplain in the whole world. And you're like, Mm. huh, me, you know, you get this, you get these, these things that are just like, you don't even think about how wonderful, you know, the things that you're offering, like what Madeline said, you're offering these things to these cadets. They don't even know what a chaplain is when you stand up there at the front of encampment and you tell them what a chaplain is so they know that they can come to you. And then they come back to you months later and they say how wonderful you were and how great you, what you did. And they write papers about you and get A pluses on it. And then they tell you that how wonderful you were. And, you know, you don't even realize these things. But that's the inherent worth that you can feel in yourself, that you've done something wonderful to help these these kids, these teenagers, and they grow up and they become wonderful, wonderful adults and leaders in our in our society. Amen to what both of you have just said. And, and I will. I will add for for me it feels like this is the very best way to bring unitarian universalism to the community in a way that isn't about proselytizing it's you know as a chaplain you're there to meet people exactly where they are but yeah. I feel like it is an opportunity where I truly get to live more of unitarian universalism as a minister it's incredible and when covid hit because of the training I had in the civil air patrol I was able to serve the congregation swiftly make quick decisions and Mm -hmm. to do things I wouldn't have been able to have done because of my training with the civil air patrol. So it also makes me a better parish minister. Thank you so much. I love this conversation. I wish we could have gone on and on. It's such a, such a rich, rich opportunity 
for ministry and a rich opportunity for service. So thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you for listening. Many Windows, Conversations on Ministry is a production of Meadville Lombard Theological School. Theme music is Destination by Just Thea. This episode is produced by Jules Taylor. And as always, a special thank you to Tomo Hilmo.